0: Welcome to this special edition of Cisco Champion Radio, direct from Cisco Live, Orlando. Hey, we have two real celebrities with us. We've got Susie Wee as a guest, as a surprise guest for the first 10 15 minutes. Awesome. And we've got Hank Preston, another celebrity from TechWise TV, from <laughs> DevNet Videos, with us to talk about DNA Center for the full podcast. And together with me is co host Roel, also well, a Cisco champion. And my right. name is Peter Jan So, we're going to talk talk about DNA Center. And, well, last week was quite hectic on DNA. There were really two big things going on. And one of them is that Cisco has released developer capabilities for the network to the main community. And the other exciting thing is Susie Wee has managed to get 500,000 developers on the (laughs) DevNet. Congratulations with that.
1: Thank you. But it's not me who's got them on, it's actually all of you who's got them on. Right, <laughs> you're
0: the, exec. you're, you're, you're the, the one driving the teams and with all the enthusiasm from Hank as well. It's, it's really great to have you here. Yeah. So
2: They're it's really, really great. The, the entire community is driving the people at it. As many people as we talk to as part of DevNet about at events like this and our DevNet Expresses, it's the work that the Cisco champions do, it's the work that our partners do, it's the work that our customers do letting everybody know about what's possible and the resources that we make available. So thank you to everybody that's out there yeah. by helping us achieve yeah. the, the milestone of 500,000.
0: Yeah, that, that's, that's really amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, that's
1: so true. And just like, cause you know, our team is small. Like my team is actually quite small. <laughs> and, uh, uh, small but team, it's, but a
3: huge community. Yeah,
1: And it's grown to a huge community, but it's because we've captured like, or, you know, like other people have joined in, like other people who are passionate, like they've right. kind of joined in. They're all Team DevNet. They're spreading it. You're spreading it. Our Cisco champions are spreading it, and that's how it's grown.
0: Well, the other thing is, you had a great party on Tuesday. <laughs> we did have a great party <laughs> so, on Tuesday. <laughs> we've we've raised the world, bar for right? the next Cisco Lives to have a DevNet party. So everybody who's not a DevNet yet, I'm sure you just got a couple become a member, people. go to Cisco Live, and join in. <laughs> mm-hmm. the parties are great. <laughs>
1: well, and it was it was great to have the Cisco champions join in, and uh, yeah, we had. A like everybody was actually dancing, having fun. It was kinda of crazy. <laughs> I
3: heard you were singing. Is that I true? was not singing.
1: I was not singing. I was up on stage to celebrate five hundred thousand with a microphone, but I was not on stage singing. No one would have come back. It would not be the best. Something part for that next
2: happened. year it'll be a DevNet karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But programmable of course. Mm. So no one will be singing. Every song will have an <laughs> API. Be It'll be
1: fine. <laughs> I don't know if it was the 90s music, the 80s music. I don't know. People were coming, so it was it was a great time.
0: So DNA Center uh, just got the the, the latest re- release is one two just got released. A lot of new APIs being in there and driving intent, of course. Mm-hmm. But let's get back a couple of years. I mean, a couple of years ago, Cisco released DNA as an architecture. And somehow with the Network Intuitive last year and a DNA center this year with Imagine Intuitive, it's got lost, but actually that's key critical for getting enabled to do intent-based networking because DNA is all about APIs. Mm -hmm. And that architecture is really important to get into your network. And Hank, if you look at the past two years, do you see anything about DNA being, really enabling those APIs?
2: I mean, we've been doing a lot of work across the entire portfolio inside of the DNA architecture over the past two years leading up to the, the massive launch that we've had this week. We've seen new device level programmability features going through with the openness and the, the support of the standard data models and the standard interfaces. We've seen the accessibility by including Linux and application hosting capabilities at the edge going into the platforms, and then all of the great work that we're doing at the programmable level in the controllers so that we can actually start doing driving automation across the entire network. Um, We've been doing networking for for decades now. Um, The idea that we can start to move away from having to consider device by device across our network and actually kind of drive the intent and the goals at the at the system level will make us much more productive across everything, and open up new ideas on what's possible across the network when we start to bring in application developers, um, and giving them kind of the toolkit necessary to kind of do some really interesting well, things.
0: Talking about toolkits, you've talked to quite a lot about toolkits already in the past, like Ansible and doing mm-hmm. Net DevOps and CI/CD. But to me, it's um, more about generating configs again. So sure. if you if you compare it with DNA Center, then Ansible is really about generating configs. And that's more for the network engineers. Mm-hmm. So if you would say DNA Center is more for the software engineers, bringing the APIs to the outside world, could you say it that way?
2: I think we're, we're, we're headed in that direction and we want to open it up. Um, we're not leaving behind configs. We're not leaving behind operation of the network. That clearly still needs to happen. Um, one of the things that, that I talk a lot about is the network used to be the domain of the network engineer. Like we were the only ones that really like mucked around in the weeds and understood it. But with the advent of cloud and DevOps and everything that's going through, we're having application developers and cloud platforms wanting to get access to it. And by opening up um, in a developer friendly way interest into the network, we're opening up those ideas. Um, application developers don't want to parse regex, they don't want to look through show commands. So when we provide them a toolkit like a REST API into the, the intent and the, the assurance data about what's going on with the network, now the creativity can kick in and we can get away from just being about the configurations yeah. and we can be about really kind of building applications on top of the network. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I think there's like a coolness. So one time I was at uh, an app dev conference, it was actually Google I.O., and then they were announcing their new APIs and there was like a set of things where people would get excited before when you're like, oh, look it, I can get GPS coordinates. Now I'm here, now I'm here, now I'm here. You know, and you get to get that stream of information. Yeah. And what they announced, you know, at the keynote, they're like, and now we have an API that tells you whether you're walking, riding a bike, or driving. And <laughs> the audience cheers. Yeah. But what's interesting is that's a different level of abstraction, right? So not everyone wants to, like, work with all the GPS coordinates to figure right. that out. If you can just get that, that's interesting. So when you look at the new DNA Center APIs, yeah. there's some that still give you the detail, but then they have one that's like, get health. Right? Yeah. Like, get the network health. Exactly. And then you know, oh, there's something going on, or it's okay. Yes. And then it, when you get something, then you dive in,
3: and that's just another level
1: of strategy. So you can even do
0: that per site, getting that network health or that client health. So you can actually get an overview. You can view. do
3: almost anything. Okay, so this is me as a network
0: engineer who's
3: barely getting started with the dev side. And I was over at the DevNet zone, and somebody pulled me aside and said, hey, did you know we can we can map where you've been in the DevNet zone and lay out a heat map. And I said, what? With a camera, just using facial recognition. Yes. And for that alone, and that tied into DNA Center as well because it's pulling out mm-hmm. some of the, the, the content there that it, that it knows with the health and location-based analytics there. I mean, there's so much possible outside of DNA Center and assurance to, to have someone like network engineers create certain applications for their need as well. And also, user facing needs, right, if I need, if a user wants to know a status of something, I can give them an easy UI interface and have those API callbacks Mm -hmm. that's fairly simple.
2: That's one of the things that we've been talking a lot about is it used to be, I mean, the, the joke is it's always the network's fault. Guilty until proven right. innocent is the way it goes yeah. through. But with some of these new assurance and health APIs, we can start to provide instant feedback in self-service fashion like you're going through. An application developer can go through and say, my app isn't performing as expected, and they can check the network. Is it good? Is it is it healthy or is it not? Right. Before they maybe dive deeper and look in. Because while the network certainly has been known to cause a problem right. or two, there are lots of other things that can cause and, impact. You know, that's
3: always a perception too. It's either a network or nowadays it's always the wireless network. But I think it's going to yeah. go away from finger pointing, right? Because yeah. we get to this finger point that I don't know how long ago it was where the, the engineers would point to the software mm. developers. But now with all... It was these, yesterday. It was just, yeah, <laughs> you know, just happened a couple hours ago. But uh, when you have all these APIs all over the place, you have this ability to work together to find the health yeah. and actually fix it even before the user probably identifies True. that themselves. But the, yeah. the thing
0: is that's again, well that's only one part of DNA Center and Intent. It's just providing the feedback of what's happening on the network. So the yes. network is getting visible. Yeah, it, It's getting more visible because the network is just like utility, it always works. Mm-hmm. And if something doesn't work as an application, it's right. the utility that's failing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and the network is really problem I mean, a user can check the power socket, put another light in, and he knows it's working. Mm-hmm. But with the network, that's not possible. And with these assurance APIs, you can finally get there. Yeah. Yeah. But the other way around is now also possible with intent. Because SDA is, of course, the fabric that we're all going to use eventually, probably for some companies, some others are early adopters. And then the the opportunities will become so huge. So among us, one of the things I'm thinking of in a classic network with collaboration, you've got this voice feed and everybody's, it's open up because you need to have communication with each other, but with intent. If I would hook up my DNA sensor together with a unified communications manager, I could actually say I'm finding Roel and then the network is actually creating a virtual network or a policy that only we are allowed to talk with each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so once he picks up the phone, we can talk and do video mm-hmm. and then basically hang up. Oh. But with the assurance, I could also check if video is enabled or not. So I can actually provide feedback on the call. Sorry, Robel is not fa- available for video because he is mobile. Would you like to do an audio call? Right. And I can actually say yes or no. And
3: how many times have we all been on those conference calls where, hold on, video is not working? Let me try audio you know, that bridge isn't working, let's try this. Like, it's, it should help us get there, right? So That's, that's <laughs> Absolutely.
0: actually the, the thing I want to go to as well as, as the next step. I mean, SDA, it's there a couple of years, and then what will happen if we're going to get to that software level, so that application engineers are going to use the network in different ways? What, what would be the limit?
2: <laughs> I don't think there are any limits, and that's the whole goal. It's, it's one of the things that we've been talking, and, and what's been really nice about this new launch with DNA Center Platform and all of the pieces is the partnership early on between DevNet and the engineering teams is having the opportunity to give them feedback, um, because there's still a lot of the, the, the sense in Cisco that we want to have some control, we want to go through, go in, and we've been trying to work along with uh, Susie's been leading it at the executive level, Uh, Mandy Whaley, who leads our team on developer experience, has been going through, and then even at the engineering level, reminding our uh, the engineers and the product management that you know what if you give the freedom to the developers, you will be surprised by what is invented, what has come up with it, and and open the reins a little bit, like allow the creativity to go through. And how did you
0: manage to do that? Well Uh,
2: because there's a culture change. Persistence. (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: Well, we had to do a little bit of headbanging, you know, here and there, just, and only not headbanging because anyone's against it, but just because it's different from how we've operated in the past, you know, like before when you build a product, there's a set of people who do things, there's a way they do it, there's a way they interact, and this is the first time we're changing it to, like, involve DevNet together with, you know, the product.
3: And I can see that change, too, just seeing how big the DevNet zone is compared to
0: last year. And, and, and even this like is five actually years ago, it was just a single booth. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and, and, what, and what we did together was actually, you know, we worked together over the last, you know, four months. This is the first time that we worked together for a release together. And what happened was, like, we had App Dev Fridays. Every Friday, the DevNet team, the engineering team, and others from the community, like our SEs and others, had an App Dev session to pound on the APIs, build some nice. apps, give feedback. And so, and then, uh, you know, we were presenting it to the, you know, engineering leadership who was checking in and Rob C and he was just like, we need to take this feedback and put it in, in the next week's release. So the platform update. And so now we're on this cycle and we're just excited for what we'll do next. So if you have any feedback on APIs, give it to us, we can get it back to the product team can build more apps, yeah. like we're in a good gotten cycle. We've
3: their attention.
2: And we <laughs> saw changes. We're working changes. together, we're working together. <laughs> we really yeah. did. For the last several weeks, every week there would be a new cut of code that we would put into our sandbox that we were testing with. Um, we saw evolution going through, and they were really open. And I remember one conversation I had with one of the, the leaders of the engineering leaders of the API layer, and I was on a call with them. and I'm like, I was trying to be nice. I was like, this, this API call is really awkward. <laughs> He's like, I know, I know, we'll fix it. And the next release, it was fixed, and it was much, much more easy to use.
0: And and talk about sharing releases. Um, I believe DNA Center 1.2 was released last Thursday, just a week before, and it's already on DevNet Sandbox. Yes. I can already use it. So even as a developer, I can already use that. those new features. And the new API is immense already.
1: And, and we made that part of the plan. We were like, OK, we want to have it ready for our developers in the DevNet Zone, even though availability will be a little bit later. So yeah, yeah. and they want the feedback. Yeah, so, they do. Yes. And we're trying to open
2: up access to it. So one of the things that we also did in the partnership was the DevNet Zone right now is running on an SDA network. It is running with the latest code. You can see the DNA center that's there. Our learning labs, all of the pods are running across the network. And we were an official EFT launch planning for Cisco Live US going through. Uh, the sandboxes we release those we have both are always on that you can get into at any point yeah. but if you want your own hands-on so that you can get in and be more dedicated we have reservable sandboxes with more being built out as we get additional hardware and software availability so s- keep your eyes open for that there's no reason to wait to test drive these apis we're making them easier than ever to get to
0: and if you want to use those apis and you just don't know how go to the DevNet, of course for the video training but on dna on center one too there's also a big button up called platform with all the API documentation, but you can also trace what API calls are being done by the applications themselves. So you can really check out what's happening on the background. Absolutely. is there access to virtual
3: environments that people can test these APIs on?
1: Absolutely. So that's what the the DevNet sandbox is. So in the developer sandbox, then you actually have DNAC running. So we actually have it in there online routers and switches like it's, nice. you can actually just spin the thing up we yeah. have a read-only sandbox that you can use right off the bat with the latest version as you yeah. just said yeah
2: or if you want your own you can reserve one and you'll get your own dedicated set of infrastructure your own dedicated you'll get admin credentials you can okay. go ahead and use it.
0: And then you can do probably a little bit more because it's not a shared anymore. It's yes. dedicated. So I can yeah. get more more visibility in what's mm-hmm. happening.
2: Because c- of our yeah our shared sandboxes, you need to have a little bit of gates on it to make sure that this stays stable for everybody. But yeah. in those reservable, you're given full access. And can I
0: look up my own hardware to that? isolated one as well
2: there are mechanisms for that we're working through on those pieces and we're trying to add in those capabilities so when you reserve a sandbox one of the things you're given is the vpn credentials to connect and then over that tunnel you can do just about anything you want to do so
0: i can hook up my own access points on my controller to check how
2: sda wireless is working yep, we want to check those pieces out i don't know if we've tested to that level yet that. but I'll we certainly start want doing to. that next
3: week yeah. <laughs> now
2: that you've brought it up when i get back to devnet zone i'll talk with our engineering team and see if that's something that we've spec out because it's a great yeah. use case for it and if it's not in the Plan now, we certainly want to look at how we yeah, can offer that. Yeah, because D
0: Cloud of course is also excellent and mm-hmm. DNA Center is on D as well, but it's a lot scripted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's just very DevNet, difficult. I can get my creativity in as well. Yeah. I just
3: think it's very difficult for a lot of people like me to get our hands on some of this mm-hmm. because you need to have some sort of use case at work or some sort of approval, mm-hmm. but if you can test it out beforehand and have some sort of... You know, something to say, look what I created and in that the lab. Was,
1: that was the whole idea behind the DevNet sandbox. Because it's like, if you're making a mobile app for a mobile device, yeah. you have what you need. But you want to make it that easy to code on the types right. of things that we're building, and we um, need to do it. By the way, I have to run back to the DevNet zone. Uh, <laughs> so I want to thank you for letting me crash the party. And it it's all Hank now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Susie, so
0: for much. being here as thank a surprise us. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you, have you all awesome awesome to surprise. Thank you all.
2: Thanks, Susie. We'll see you soon.
0: So Hank, now it's all up to you. I don't
2: know if I can do it. Um, How much
0: time do we have left? uh, Some time. So talking about, I mean, Susie mentioned already, like apps, and there's some new features on the DevNet as well, looking into DNA Center, Mm -hmm. and it's called Code Exchange.
2: Yes. So So Code Exchange is one of the things that we've wanted to do for a long time, was to make it easier for uh, Cisco engineers, DevNet engineers, as as we're writing and building applications on top of uh, Cisco's platforms, to make them Easy to find. And so all of our stuff we try to post up in GitHub. But if you're maybe you're familiar with this, Uh, Cisco iOS is our our software platform, but it's not the only iOS out there. And what we found is that if you search for iOS on GitHub, it's pretty hard to find an actual Cisco app.
0: Yeah, because you also have Apple iOS. I know, crazy. (laughs) That's (laughs) somehow a quite large development community. I I don't know
2: how. It's insane what happened there. to make it easier for our customers, our users, our partners, our developers, what Code Exchange provides is a plugin on top of the repositories available in GitHub. And so you can go through and say, I'm interested in iOS, and now we know which iOS you mean. And so you can search through, you can filter by language, you can filter by technology, the aspects that you're after. What's even better about Code Exchange is it's truly supposed to be a community event. And so if you've built something that's interesting, we encourage everybody to submit them to Code Exchange. The the requirements are fairly low. Have it on GitHub, have the right to submit it, so make sure it's your code and you go through. We do require that you have a license posted as part of the repository so we understand kind of the access that's there. And that's really about it. It goes into the queue, it gets uh, reviewed really quick, make sure things are good, and then it'll show up and you can advertise the work that you've done across any of our platforms inside of Code Exchange in this collaborative fashion. And We'll really start to build a nice pool of um, community resources that you can use as starters for inspiration.
0: Great, great, but it also it's also the other way around. A lot of DevNet engineers publish on GitHub, so that's on code exchange as well.
2: Absolutely. So
0: I just saw that there are already SDKs available for Android and iOS, so you can mm-hmm. use DNA Center from your mobile device.
2: Yes. That was one of, the, one of the, Susie was talking about the App Dev Fridays, yeah. and so when we started those, one of the first things that was done was a brainstorming of the different apps that would be interesting to go through, and it was really recognized early on that to, to better enable developers to build on it, providing a good package of SDKs would be there. So that was one of the first big projects, uh-huh. and so we scoped out and released, as part of this initial release of Code Exchange, SDKs for Python, for uh, iOS with Swift, Um, Android platforms, JavaScript, if you're doing front-end development. What's
3: an example of a a compelling project you've seen on these App Dev Fridays?
2: Yeah, so we've seen some really interesting ones going through, and a lot of them are, I I think, at that proof-of-concept value code, testing the pieces out. There was one that was built that I thought was really interesting. Um, We all have huge footprints of infrastructure that goes through, and it can be challenging to track open p-certs, lifecycle notifications, updates that go through. And we've all, I I mean, I've done this before. You get your spreadsheet, then you go into all of the tools, the p-cert tool, the search tools, one at a time. And so one of the apps that was built was using the APIs from DNA Center Platform, retrieve the inventory of devices, and then scrub that against the APIs that are available for p-certs and notifications, and then provide you a report. you can run this app against your DNA center. It provides you an Excel file that has device by device all of the alerts that are there that go through, just making it easy for operations that are there. It was a great first one. And then DNA hook
0: DNA. it up to your own re- internal reporting or dashboard system as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you can really integrate it and yeah. create single dashboards mm-hmm. over the all of, with all of your form campus mm-hmm. network, security, yeah. data center, SD WAN, mm-hmm. the whole uh, thing.
2: Yeah, one of the ones, one of the apps that I worked on for it, and you can find this one in Code Exchange, was I'm I'm a huge fan of DNA. DNA Center platform, it makes it easy to go through all of the nice graphical management tools that go through, I mean that's been the push, moving away from it. Now I'm also a a developer evangelist, I don't like to point and click once I've done it the first time, I want to make repeatable pieces. And so one of the features inside of DNA Center is this ability to build official um, uh, uh, prep templates that match policy, match the intent that goes through, and you can deploy those with DNA Center platform. Well I wanted to build a command wrapper that made it easier to go through, so I built an onboarding command tool in Python, that then you uses those APIs to retrieve what are the templates that are approved and available, what are the devices, the interfaces that are necessary, and then you can very rapidly start to deploy these templates out, and then you could plug that into other automation tools, again, to get to use the power, the capabilities of DNA Center Platform, but also get away from the requirement to have to do it through that interface alone.
0: Yeah, but I've got to change also about something else. So suppose I'm not a developer, I'm a network engineer, and I have a problem that I'm facing, and I'm not a developer yet, or I don't want to start developing. I mean, some people really don't want to at sure. this moment. But I can also post that question somewhere on developers on as well, so the community mm. can pick it up and write code for me.
2: Yeah. Something the, like
0: that? So I, yeah,
2: with this in, this intent framework that we've gone through, so there's a, there's a site that we launched around intent-based networking to gather ideas from the community. And so if you are a developer, whether an application developer or a network developer, you can go through and you can submit code that you've done to build and solve a business problem or a business intent, or just a technical intent that goes through. However, if you're on the other side, and you say, man, this is a challenge I have, You can go to the same site and say, hey, make a wish, make an idea. Here's something that I wish was easier to do, or this is is a problem I have, and it gets posted, and then our developers or anybody can really look at it and say, oh, that's a great idea. I think I can help solve that, or at least do part of it, and then work together with the rest of the community to start to solve each of these intents that are out there.
0: That's great, because then we're driving it from both ways. Exactly. That that makes our life easier as well. Mm
2: Yeah, we've been asking for a while and we're starting to see them pop up into different parts of our products the make a wish button um, Meraki's had it for a really long time yeah. and we've been asking That's for it in where it's areas from, right? yeah those sole ideas so if you're on there and you want the, the request, roll them up, let us know and then we'll start hammering yeah. through them. Which team does that go to so the, the on the intent framework page that we have up on Devnet it gets logged in and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily go to a team it just gets logged and anybody can see them that they're there. Gotcha and you can pick them up. If you've got a project, a weekend, uh, you want some time to kill, you can go yeah. through and see some ideas and say, oh, that sounds cool, I think I can build that.
3: Awesome.
0: Yeah, it's very great. It's, if I really look at it, um, this is really such a huge thing that it's going to it's, happen. I think
3: it's very huge, mm-hmm. and I think it's exciting, even yeah. for me, Big, I really just got started with the DevNet side last year at DevNet Create. Oh, okay, perfect. So that's how new I am at that. And I thought that event was great, where you guys are very open to teaching other people how to yeah. use what's available with APIs. And I sure got a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm looking
2: forward to much more.
0: Yeah, and DevNet Create is not the only one. There is also DevNet Express. There are some mm-hmm. web
2: teams. We've got uh, one of the things that we've been doing um, a while is realizing that. Not everybody comes to a Cisco Live, not everybody can. It's not the right environment for everybody, so looking at ways to to get out into the community. DevNet creates a unique experience that DevNet is sponsored because um, when you come to Cisco Live, the vast majority of the content is all from Cisco. Yeah. Right, the call for papers comes through, all of the material that goes in, and you're gonna sit down and you're gonna hear from Cisco experts on Cisco technology, and that's amazing. It's a great opportunity. What DevNet Create is, is it's actually the other way around. We want to bring the community together and let the community talk to each other about best practices. And so when we start planning a DevNet Create, the actual um, submissions that come through, the ones from the community are prioritized above the Cisco submissions. And so when we're looking through them, it's not that if you're a Cisco speaker you can't talk at DevNet Create, but you're not given special treatment. We put that right up there, and we usually try to bring in as many external folks as possible so that we can hear from other folks and have people talk to each other.
0: Okay, that's great. So the future is bright.
2: It is, you know, I don't think that there's, it's, it's one of the reasons, and I, I talk about this a lot in some of my sessions, is I've been at Cisco for about eight and a half years now. I came in as an SE and working with customers, building networks, building data centers. And the last couple of years as an SE, I was starting to get like frustrated because I would talk to customers and network engineers and everybody was just downtrodden. They felt like everything was pushing on them. They were yeah. constant under pressure to cut costs and they were being told their jobs weren't worthless, that network engineers were gonna go away. And I'm like, that's just not true. And so by coming into DevNet Zone, one of my priorities was to show that the future is bright for network engineers, for infrastructure engineers, right? SysAdmin, storage, security. There's a lot to go through. Just because programmability, just because automation is coming in, doesn't make what we do and our, our domain knowledge any less relevant. We just need to do it slightly differently right. and get excited about it again. And
3: I don't think you guys intended to do it. I felt like last year DNA Center and that whole, Suite of applications seemed a little closed off, right? Like mm-hmm. it, you had to use that. Sure. But this year, I had a my mind shift. My mind shifted and said, "You kind of opened up these APIs. Now you're building this ecosystem." Mm-hmm where anybody can come in and utilize DNA Center yeah. for whatever their purposes.
2: Even with the initial launch last year, the plan has always been to provide the APIs to give access to it, and it's, it's, it's that culture change we were talking about within Cisco. Is, as much as we're trying to help all of our organizations think API first and developer first, Some areas, right, we still want to have a little bit of a controlled piece. So, yeah, the initial launches were very much kind of let's make sure things are stable. Let's get these pieces in place. And then this year was all about opening up the platform, and that's why it's a DNA center as a platform. We've worked those pieces out. We've got the nice baseline, the foundation. Now let's start bringing it in and integrating with other tools, whether at the east-west level with CMDBs and ITSMs north and south, so that, or northbound so that you can get in and interact directly with DNA Center. One of the most interesting ones for me is the, the support we'll have for the southbound connection. So you'll be able to actually bring non-Cisco devices into DNA Center by using the southbound SDK to build those drivers so that your non-Cisco, your third party devices can show up right alongside your Cisco infrastructure and gain that same capabilities across your DNA platform.
0: Oh wow, that's, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, the, f- uh, the future's bright. I'm excited as ever being part of uh, DevNet, being part of Cisco, seeing what we're doing across the board. And it's, it's the time is right.
0: So last question, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you see the coming year for DevNet and DNA and intent-based?
2: The upcoming year? The upcoming year. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lot of, of continued collaboration between DevNet and the and the, uh, the engineering team to add additional APIs. What we've got so far is, is just the first batch, and we're continuing to ask for more. I'm also really excited to see what comes into Code Exchange, what comes into our intent frameworks. Uh, communicating with partners and creativity. I've got ideas on what I want to do, but I know that my ideas are focused in with just my domain of knowledge and experience. Uh, we were talking yesterday before coming through, and I don't want to spoil spoil no. your surprise, but you have a really <laughs> awesome idea on something you want to build. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. I can't wait to see what everybody does well, I'm using these capabilities. <laughs> I won't tell them. No, no, don't tell. <laughs> Absolutely not. So Perhaps that's,
0: Barcelona. But you never know. There we go.
2: But, but that's what the next year for me is. It's just seeing what comes on top of this. The momentum is there. Um, hitting 500,000 was great, but we're not slowing down. That wasn't our goal. We don't want to sit back. Right? I want to see us hit 750,000, a million. Those are the, the, the so area we go as we
0: So, DevNet Create in Europe? Uh, you know, we keep... We've <laughs> you put me on the spot on the,
2: on the podcast. I cannot speak on behalf of Susie <laughs> and the entire DevNet leadership uh, She just team. left. Uh, shame. Um, but I do know that it is definitely something we're looking at, is bringing DevNet Create outside of just the area. We've had feedback from all of our audience that we'd love to see it in Europe, we'd love to see it in other places. And so we're hoping for it, yeah.
3: Awesome. Right, right. Well, where can people find you, and where can we learn more?
2: Yeah, so the the best way to kind of track me is usually on Twitter through the social medias. I'm at hfpreston. Um, You can also, obviously, reach out directly to me over WebEx Teams, the application formerly known as Cisco Spark, at hapresto at cisco.com. Those are great ways to go through, and I I track both of those pretty effectively.
0: And of course, developer.cisco.com. Oh,
2: yeah. Thank you so much. (laughs) Please visit devnet at developer.cisco.com.
0: If you run into problems with your APIs, trying out Python, you can link up to the WebEx Teams uh, room Mm -hmm. for questions. And there are always people answering that as well.
2: We do, that's one of the things that's been nice about our support rooms that are in there is that we've got our support engineers, we've got BU engineers, but I would say just as many questions are answered by other customers and partners going through, and it is that community support piece that goes in. You're, nobody is in this alone. Do not think that you're by yourself. If you're stuck on something, ask.
0: Okay. Okay, thank, thank you very much for coming here and thank you. being a guest on our Champion Radio.
2: Absolutely, thank you for having me, it's been a blast.
0: So Hank, now it's all up to you. Uh, <laughs> I
2: don't know if I can do it. So um, how much
0: time do we have left? Uh, so, some time. So talking about, I mean, Susie mentioned it already, like apps, mm-hmm. and there's some new features on the DevNet as well, looking into DNA Center, mm-hmm. and it's called Code Exchange.
2: Yes. So Code Exchange is one of the things that we've wanted to do for a long time, was to make it easier for, Uh, Cisco engineers, DevNet engineers, as we're writing and building applications on top of uh, Cisco's platforms to make them easy to find. And so all of our stuff we try to post up in GitHub. But if you're, maybe you're familiar with this, uh, Cisco IOS is our, our software platform, but it's not the only IOS out there. Oh. And what we found is that if you search for IOS on GitHub, it's pretty hard to find an actual Cisco app.
0: Yeah, because you also have Apple IOS. I know, crazy. <laughs> That's <laughs> somehow a quite large development community. I, know, I don't it's, know it's,
2: how. But it's insane what happened there. But. To make it easier for our customers, our users, our partners, our developers, what Code Exchange provides is a plugin on top of the repositories available in GitHub. And so you can go through and say, I'm interested in iOS, and now we know which iOS you mean. And so you can search through, you can filter by language, you can filter by technology, the app specs that you're after. What's even better about Code Exchange is it's truly supposed to be a community event. And so if you've built something that's interesting, we encourage everybody to submit them to Code Exchange. The the requirements are fairly low. Have it on GitHub, have the right to submit it, so make sure it's your code and you go through. We do require that you have a license posted as part of the repository so we understand kind of the access that's there. And that's really about it. It goes into the queue, it gets uh, reviewed really quick, make sure things are good, and then it'll show up and you can advertise the work that you've done across any of our platforms inside of Code Exchange in this collaborative fashion. And We'll really start to build a nice pool of um, community resources that you can use as starters for inspiration.
0: Great, great. But it also it's also the other way around. A lot of DevNet engineers publish on GitHub, so that's on code exchange as well.
2: Absolutely. So
0: I just saw that there are already SDKs available for Android and iOS, so you can mm-hmm. use DNA center from your mobile device.
2: Yes. That was one of, the, one of the, Susie was talking about the App Dev Fridays, yeah. and so when we started those, one of the first things that was done was a brainstorming of the different apps that would be interesting to go through, and it was really recognized early on that to, to better enable developers to build on it, providing a good package of SDKs would be there. So that was one of the first big projects, uh-huh. and so we scoped out and released, as part of this initial release of Code Exchange, SDKs for Python, for uh, iOS with Swift, um, Android platforms, JavaScript, if what, you're doing front-end development. What's
3: an example of a, like a compelling project you've seen on these app dev Fridays?
2: Yeah, so we've seen some really interesting ones going through, and a lot of them are, I, I think, at that proof-of-concept value code, testing the pieces out. There was one that was built that I thought was really interesting. Um, We all have huge footprints of infrastructure that goes through, and it can be challenging to track open p-certs, lifecycle notifications, updates that go through. And we've all, I I mean, I've done this before. You get your spreadsheet, then you go into all of the tools, the p-cert tool, the search tools, one at a time. And so one of the apps that was built was using the APIs from DNA Center Platform, retrieve the inventory of devices, and then you scrub that against the APIs that are available for P certs and notifications, and then provide you a report. So. You can run this app against your DNA center. It provides you an Excel file that has, device by device, all of the alerts that are there that go through, just making it easy for operations that are there. It was a great first one. And then it?
0: hook it up to your own re- internal reporting or dashboard system as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you can really integrate it and yeah. create single dashboards mm-hmm. over the, all of, with all of your from campus network, security, yeah. data center, SD-WAN, mm-hmm. the whole uh, thing.
2: Yeah, one of the ones one of the apps that I worked on for it and you can find this one in Code Exchange was I'm I'm a huge fan of DNA Center platform. It makes it easy to go through all of the nice graphical management tools that go through, I mean, that's been the push, moving away from it. Now, I'm also a a developer evangelist. I don't like to point and click once I've done it the first time. I want to make repeatable pieces. And so one of the features inside of DNA Center is this ability to build official um, uh, uh, prep templates that match policy, match the intent that goes through, and you can deploy those with DNA Center Platform. Well, I wanted to build a command wrapper that made it easier to go through, so I built an onboarding command tool in Python that then uses those APIs to retrieve what are the templates that are approved and available, what are the devices, the interfaces that are necessary, and then you can very rapidly start to deploy these templates out, and then you could plug that into other automation tools, again, to get, to use the power, the capabilities of DNA Center Platform, but also get away from the requirement to have to do it through that interface alone.
0: Yeah, but i I'll got to change also about something else. So suppose I'm not a developer, I'm a network engineer, and I have a problem that I'm facing, and I'm... Not a developer yet, or I don't want to start developing. I mean, some people really don't want to at sure. this moment. But I can also post that question somewhere on developers on as well. So the community mm-hmm. can pick it up and write code for me.
2: Yeah. Something the,
0: like that? Sorry. Yeah,
2: with this in, this intent framework that we've gone through. So there's a, there's a site that we launched around intent-based networking to gather ideas from the community. And so if you are a developer, whether an application developer or a network developer, you can go through and you can submit code that you've done to build and solve a business problem or a business intent, or just a technical intent that goes through. However, if you're on the other side, and you say, man, this is a challenge I have, You can go to the same site and say, hey, make a wish, make an idea. Here's something that I wish was easier to do, or this is is a problem I have, and it gets posted, and then our developers or anybody can really look at it and say, oh, that's a great idea. I think I can help solve that, or at least do part of it, and then work together with the rest of the community to start to solve each of these intents that are out there.
0: That's great, because then we're driving it from both ways. Exactly. That that makes our life easier as well. Mm
2: Yeah, we've been asking for a while, and we're starting to see them pop up into different parts of our products, the make a wish button. Meraki's um, had it for a really long time, yeah. and we've been asking That's for probably it. In where it's areas. From, right? Yeah, those sole ideas. So if you're on there and you want the, the request, roll them up, let us know, and then we'll start hammering yeah. through them. Which team does that go to? So the, the on the intent framework page that we have up on DevNet, it gets logged in, and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily go to a team, it just gets logged and anybody can see them that they're there. Gotcha. Okay. And you can pick them up. If you've got a project, a weekend, uh, you want some time to kill, you can go yeah. through and see some ideas and say, oh, that sounds cool. I think I can build that.
3: Awesome.
0: Yeah, it's very great. It's, if I really look at it, um, this is really such a huge thing that it's going to it's, happen. I think
3: it's very huge. Mm-hmm. And I think it's exciting, even for me. as being, I really just got started with the DevNet side. Last year at DevNet Create, oh, okay, perfect. So that's how new I am at that, mm-hmm. and I thought that event was great, where you guys are very open to teaching other people how to yeah. use what's available with APIs, and I sure got a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm looking
0: forward to much more. And DevNet Create is not the only one. There is also DevNet Express. There are mm-hmm. some web
2: teams. We've got one of the things that we've been doing um, a while is realizing that. Not everybody comes to a Cisco Live, not everybody can. It's not the right environment for everybody, so looking at ways to, to get out into the community. DevNet creates a unique experience that DevNet is sponsored because um, when you come to Cisco Live, the vast majority of the content is all from Cisco. Yeah. Right. The call for papers comes through, all of the material that goes in, and you're gonna sit down and you're gonna hear from Cisco experts on Cisco technology, and that's amazing. It's a great opportunity. What DevNet Create is, is it's actually the other way around. We want to bring the community together and let the community talk to each other about best practices. And so when we start planning a DevNet Create, the actual um, submissions that come through, the ones from the community are prioritized above the Cisco submissions. And so when we're looking through them, it's not that if you're a Cisco speaker you can't talk at DevNet Create, but you're not given special treatment. We put that right up there, and we usually try to bring in as many external folks as possible so that we can hear from other folks and have people talk to each other.
0: Okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. So the future is bright.
2: (laughs) <laughs> it is. You know, I don't think that there's... It's it's one of the reasons, and I, I talk about this a lot in some of my sessions, is I've been at Cisco for about eight and a half years now. I came in as an SE and working with customers, building networks, building data centers. And the last couple of years as an SE, I was starting to get, like, frustrated because I would talk to customers and network engineers, and everybody was just downtrodden, they felt like everything was pushing on them, they were constant under pressure to cut costs, and they were being told their jobs weren't worthless, that network engineers were going to go away, and I'm like, that's just not true. And so by coming into DevNet Zone, one of my priorities was to show that the future is bright for network engineers, for infrastructure engineers, right? Sysadmins, storage, security, there's a lot to go through just because programmability, just because automation yeah. is coming in, doesn't make what we do and our, our domain knowledge any less relevant. We just need to do it slightly differently right. and get excited about it again. And
3: I don't think you guys intended to do it. I felt like last year, DNA Center and that whole suite of applications seemed a little closed off, right? Like mm-hmm. it, you had to use that. But sure. this year, I had a my mind, shi- my mind shifted and said, you kind of opened up these APIs now you're building this ecosystem mm-hmm. where anybody can come in and utilize DNA Center yeah. for whatever their purposes.
2: Even with the initial launch last year, the plan has always been to provide the APIs to give access to it, and it's 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 that culture change we were talking about within Cisco. is as much as we're trying to help all of our organizations think API first and developer first. Some areas, right, we still want to have a little bit of a controlled piece. So yeah, the initial launches were very much kind of, let's make sure things are stable, let's get these pieces in place, and then this year was all about opening up the platform, and that's why it's a DNA center as a platform. We've worked those pieces out, we've got the nice baseline, the foundation, now let's start bringing it in and integrating with other tools, whether at the east-west level with CMDBs and ITSMs, north and south, so that, or northbound, so that you can get in and interact directly with DNA Center. One of the most interesting ones for me is the, the support we'll have for the southbound connection. So you'll be able to actually bring non-Cisco devices into DNA Center by using the southbound SDK to build those drivers so that your non-Cisco, your third-party devices can show up right alongside your Cisco infrastructure and gain that same capabilities across your DNA platform.
0: Oh wow, that's, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, the, uh, the future's bright. I'm excited as ever being part of uh, DevNet, being part of Cisco, seeing what we're doing across the board. And it's, it's the time is right.
0: So last question, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you see the coming year for DevNet and DNA and intent-based?
2: The upcoming year? The upcoming year. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a lot of of continued collaboration between DevNet and the the engineering team to add additional APIs. What we've got so far is, is just the first batch, and we're continuing to ask for more. I'm also really excited to see what comes into Code Exchange, what comes into our intent frameworks. Uh, communicating with partners and creativity. I've got ideas on what I want to do, but I know that my ideas are focused in with just my domain of knowledge and experience. Uh, we were talking yesterday before coming through, and I don't want to spoil spoil oh. your surprise, but you have a really awesome idea on something you want to build. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. I can't wait to see what everybody does well, I'm using these capabilities. <laughs> I won't tell them. No, no, don't tell. Absolutely not. So Perhaps that's,
0: Barcelona, but you never know. There we go.
2: But, but that's what the next year for me is, is just seeing what comes on top of this. The momentum is there. Um, hitting 500,000 was great, but we're not slowing down. That wasn't our goal. We don't want to sit back, right? I want to see us hit 750,000, a million. Those are the, the, the so area we go as we So, cre-
0: uh, DevNet Create in Europe? Uh, You know, we keep, (laughs) you put me on the spot on the
2: the podcast. I cannot speak on behalf of Susie and the entire DevNet Uh, leadership she just left, Uh, shame. Um, But I do know that it is definitely something we're looking at is bringing DevNet Create outside of just the area. We've had feedback from all of our audience that we'd love to see it in Europe, we'd love to see it in other places, and so we're hoping for it, yeah.
3: Awesome, well, where can people find you and where can we learn more?
2: Yeah, so the the best way to kind of track me is usually on Twitter through the social medias. I'm at HF Preston. Um, you can also obviously reach out directly to me over WebEx Teams, the application formerly known as Cisco Spark at HAPresto at cisco.com. Those are great ways to go through, and I I track both of those pretty effectively.
0: And of course, developer.cisco.com. Oh,
2: yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) Please visit DevNet at developer.cisco.com.
0: If you run into problems with your APIs trying out Python, you can link up to the WebEx Teams uh, room Mm -hmm. for questions. And there are always people answering that as well.
2: We do, that's one of the things that's been nice about our support rooms that are in there is that we've got our support engineers, we've got BU engineers, but I would say just as many questions are answered by other customers and partners going through, and it is that community support piece that goes in. Nobody is in this alone. Do not think that you're by yourself. If you're stuck on something, ask.
0: Okay. Okay, thank you very much for coming here and
2: being a guest on our Champion Radio. Absolutely, thank you for having me, it's been a blast.
0: This has been a special edition of Cisco Champions Radio, Season 5. I want to thank all of you for joining us today, and especially to our Cisco guests for sharing their insights.